right, stand up and take those instruments in your hands right there. You should have something here, yeah. Go ahead,
good to us. You know, when we were in prayer today, back there with everybody getting ready for the service, I was thinking, man, it's so easy, isn't it, to turn to Jesus when everything's going wrong? But it's a much harder lesson to learn to stay close to Jesus when everything's going right. I want to learn the lesson to stay close to Jesus when everything's going right.
Amen. Anybody ever walk into a situation where God is just blessing your socks off? Yeah. You feel kind of unworthy? Yeah. Like you don't deserve it? Yeah. Jesus' blood paid a debt that we could never have paid back. Now we're free. Because of him, because of his sacrifice, because of his blood. We owe God that Jesus paid it all. And now we stand here, positioned to do great things on this earth for the kingdom of heaven. So just declare, as we sing this song, think about the things in your life that need to change. Things in your life that don't look like heaven. Things in your life that don't look like what your Father in heaven would envision for you. And let's speak to those things that they need gone. And all the good things that He has would start to grow. Breaking off every chain and the fear that held me.
but yet he would take that upon himself upon the cross. So we can truly be set free and we can sing as free people today because he has broken the change. He has taken the payment for our sins upon himself. But we need to receive that, to believe that, and to walk as a free people. Free in Christ. That doesn't mean we're free of responsibility. That means that we are free to sing and rejoice. We are free from that which binds us. We're saying, I prophesy. That is, that is speaking the words of God. The things that are not, we can speak with the power to believe the things that are not, that are not yet come to pass will come to pass in Jesus' name. Tensions will be broken. Fears will be broken. Hurts will be healed. Great is the joy of the Lord. So as we sing once again, let's sing with joy. Let's sing with freedom. And believe that we have the authority in Jesus' name to be changed. Amen? Sing once more, guys. Come on, from your hearts. Hallelujah.
thankful for those who have been visiting for a couple of years since I've been here. Praise the Lord. You know, do you know that this is, this is not our home, amen? amen? This is not our home. This, this is our Sunday home. This is our Tuesday home. This is our home where we gather together, where we get lifted up as we get built up that we can go out there, amen? I'm so thankful that many from here go out and it is children's church time. They may be released at this time. I'm so thankful that we have so many going from inside these walls to the outside. I believe God blesses us because we are a missional church. We believe that as we take in, we must give out. Amen? If we don't give out and we just become a dead sea that takes in and absorbs and we become takers and not givers. So I am thankful that we have many givers, not only financially, but we give of our talents. We give of our time. We have Brother Dan who goes all the way to Haiti. Praise God. God has called him and blessing him in that mission. We got Alma who goes in town. We have Chuck who goes in to the uh, to Manor. And we have people reaching out to the hungry. Praise the Lord. As God is the widows. Praise the Lord. Today I'll be going to preach to those incarcerated in jail. An open door, an opportunity. God has blessed us. Amen. That's just to name a few things. We have several going to DSOM out of a small church, preparing to do greater works. So these things are so important, and God blesses us because we are obedient. And I want to show you in Scripture today, how many times do we, have we prayed for open doors? We pray for open doors all the time, don't we? Oh, God, give me the new car, the new house, you know. God, give me, give me, give me. 
But I tell you, we need to pray for open doors as the church in Philadelphia did. And that's not Philadelphia, PA, though many may be praying there. But a church in Philadelphia in Revelation uh, to the seven churches. And if you read Revelation, you're going to find that there are many references to seven. Seven years, seven churches, seven lamps. and So many, many, many sevens. They're significant because seven is complete. In a time of completion. See, we are not complete today, are we? We still have empty seats. We're not complete totally today. We are complete in the Lord because we can be in a righteous stand, well, righteous um, uh, stance with Him, a righteous relationship with Him through the work He's done. But I tell you, we are not complete until we stand before Him. Amen? Amen. Until the day we stand before Him. We pray for open doors, doors of opportunity. And, and many of those doors of opportunity from ministry to, to many pray for larger buildings, you know, I'm praying just to fill this one, that God would fill it, and He's doing a good job. Actually, you're doing a good job. Thank you. Uh, you know, the sheep begot sheep. Does that make sense? Man, it's silent. Nobody wants to be a sheep. <laughs> Praise the Lord, we're all sheep. Amen? I'm just an under-shepherd. I'm a, I'm a sheep as well as you are. Uh, God holds me a little more responsible, so He says. Um, you know, we pray for open doors as confirmation. Uh, you know... To be on the right path, we 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 pray for for closed doors to be open. Many times in ministry or in areas of the world, or or closed hearts that would be softened that might receive God's words, not for our purpose, for God's purpose. Amen. We pray for to be a church that has God approval, the God's hand stamp of approval on. One of the most important things, that we would be in God's will and in God's timing for God's purpose, in doing it in God's way. It's so important. Not that we boast of ourselves, we sang. Man, they're more than words. They need to, be, need to be imprinted on our minds to realize that God gets the glory for everything and all good things that are done. Amen? Because He will get the glory even through Pharaoh who was in disobedience. He hardened his heart. Even through Pharaoh, God got the glory, didn't He? Because His people went to the other side on dry ground. God got the glory. We want to pray for God's favor. You know, open doors, we think of God's favor. Praise the Lord. There's nothing greater than to be in the Father's favor. Who will stand against us if God be for us? Many will stand against us, but guess what? They will not succeed if we're in God's favor. You will meet much resistance, don't we? As we so there are many who stand against, but guess what? They'll not succeed. There was a church in Revelation that had open doors. And as we look at that, I want to help us understand that as God is always the same, Yesterday and today and, and, and those times yet to be, we need to understand as we see God blesses the church, we look at the character of that church. We look at what that church is doing. We need to understand that there's different times, but yet the general character of God is love, is it not? To be concerned about others and God's purpose. And if we are a church such as that, then we too will have open doors. I believe open doors are more than ministry. I think that it also talks about an open heaven, an open communication that the Spirit of God moves to and fro and freely moves. And thus for we have no doubt of what we are doing is right in the right timing. We want open doors for ministry. Amen. But we want to be in God's favor. We want to have God's approval. And that is an open heaven by which God uh, has conversation with us and us with Him. Amen. 
It's not just for those who are leading the church. It's for everyone who is a priest of their home. Everybody trying to lead someone to Christ. It's so important that we each one be led, confirmed by those who, uh, you know, wise counsel. Amen? Many of us, many people come to think I'm being led by God, but they, they lack the knowledge of God's Word and they don't check to see if what God is telling them or what is speaking to them is God lining up with God's Word. He'll not do something contrary to His Word. Whoa, it's quiet in here. Praise the Lord. There was a church in Revelation. Revelation, I don't have my glasses on. Praise the Lord. I'm talking to you about knowing where God is and I can't see. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we do better when I can't see what I wrote. Amen. <laughs> the church of Philadelphia was in the province of Asia. It's not Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, though. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania says it's brotherly uh, love. But guess what? That's the translation. So it is the church of, uh, of Philadelphia is translated into brotherly love. Uh, as, as you know, when you have to read the word in Revelation, as as Jesus Himself wrote to the church. Why do I say that? He writes to all churches with the same character. He 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 he'll respond to the same actions and desire. If we have the desires, if we are doing the same actions, if we have the same love, and it lines up with Jesus Christ, guess what? And in Revelation, I want to read to you Revelations one one and two because it says that it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. For the servants. It is God writing a letter to the Philadelphia church. Oh, He does it through an apostle named John. Let's read it. Revelation 1 and 2. Excuse me. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave Him to show His servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending His angel to His servant John. Verse 2 says, Who testifies to everything He saw, that in the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is writing His testimony. Jesus Christ is writing the church in Philadelphia. And Jesus Christ should be speaking to each and every one of us today as, as we are the church. Amen? The church is not this building. It's the people who come to this building. The church is not only the church, the people who come to this building, but to everyone who believes in Jesus Christ and believes He is risen from the dead and that He is uh, the Son of God, then He should speak to them, amen, through revelation. But I tell you, who speak to those who are serving Satan's purpose as well? I'll show you that in Scripture. See, we need to take heart what is written. Because what is written is from Jesus Christ and it's for today and it's for uh, the church of Philadelphia, but it's for every church that is moving forward in Christ. John the Apostle was exiled on the island of Patmos and and then uh, John, through John, Jesus was speaking. The letters from Jesus. That's so important to understand. God is speaking in Revelation to the servants. Jesus is speaking. It says it. The revelation of Jesus Christ. The testimony. He's speaking to the believers in Philadelphia, and I tell you that Jesus is speaking to us today. We were made for, we were made for fellowship, but I tell you we were also made to be His ambassadors, His representatives. But he calls us to go into all the world, doesn't He? Making disciples. Baptizing them. The church was alive and faithful in Philadelphia. 
The church was alive and faithful. They were, uh, they, the, the believers were committed to the Great Commission. And I tell you today, as we look at that church, we must, we must not uh, copy that church, but we must understand the, the principles by which that church operated. We must do as God directs us today because guess what? It's the same word. It's for the same purpose. But we have to do things perhaps a little differently today. I mean, can you imagine the church in Philadelphia getting on their, getting on their iPhones and getting on their computers and getting on all these things, how much they could do with, uh, compared to what is happening today? Think about it. <coughs> Believers were committed to the Great Commission. They were committed to reaching the un reached. You know, so many churches today build churches out of those who are unhappy with other churches. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying to you today, we must make a concerted effort to reach those who are unreached. Those who do not know Jesus Christ. Those who, who have that need in their lives. We all have that need. Along with raising up those who have issues and working through the issues that we might become these committed people that God's called us to be. Many offenses go from church to church. And there's nothing wrong with that in a sense other than the fact that we never get rid of the offense. Man, it's quiet in here. We must reach the unreached. We must be a church willing to do the footwork, which means to, to not boast in ourselves, but boast in what Jesus Christ has done in us. To boast about our weaknesses, those things that we were once bound and chained with. And now that we are set free, we must boast in Jesus Christ, the power of Jesus to change our lives, our testimonies. Jesus uses His testimony when He spoke to the church. It said it right in the Word. So we must use our testimony to reach the unchurched. It's not about where they're at, it's about where Jesus wants to take them to. A free place. A place of abundance. A place of joy. A place of confidence. A place of hope. Hope in the Christ. We sing so many words in the songs, but yet, do you realize that it's really Scripture that we're singing? That's why it reaches our hearts. That's why it tugs at our hearts. Because of true words, but yet, they're said in a way that we can receive them. Because it's a song we can receive. But yet, so many times we have difficulty in receiving the Word. But yet if the song is the Word and, and the Word is the Word, why are we having trouble receiving it? Because we let our hearts down and we allow our hearts to be open and softened that we receive the Word of a song many times easier than we receive the actual Word of God. It's the same Word for the same purpose. We must reach the unreached because that's what the church in Philadelphia did. And God set open doors, it said, for them. We must make the insiders of the, 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 we must make the insiders of those who are on the outside. We have to not only invite them in, we have to show them that they are, they are, they are a part of what's happening here, and regardless of what they have to offer, regardless of what they can give us, it's about what we can give them, the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. That needs to be our desire. We need to be a missional church. We need to be a church that, that is so important to reach out that we might suffer within and spend our, exhaust our resources, God's resources He gives us, that we might reach others. Not to be fat cats. <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
Man, I gotta maybe, I don't want to eat that word, I get fatter, amen? <laughs> See, we must make insiders out of those who are on the outside, guys. We must take a look at them. We talked about prophesying. We must look at them through the eyes of Jesus Christ of what their potential is as compared to what they are doing and what they are, uh, are involved in today. Oh man, if they could receive Jesus Christ, how powerful they'd be. We have received Jesus Christ. I tell you what a testimony we have. What, he's, what we once were and what He has brought us to. And we have to share that. We have to share that experience. Share the doubts and the fears that we had and bring it to, to the point of where God has not only brought us to that place, but He sustained that over time. Years, weeks. Starts with a day, doesn't it? Praise the Lord. They loved and looked at the world as a mission field. The church in Philadelphia looked at the world as a mission field and everything that they did and everything that, that they worked toward was toward not self, but to others. Man, we look at ourselves, what more can I gain? What more can I have? What more luxuries can I have? Boy, if we would use some of them resources to do what we could do to reach people, the lost, the unreached, those who were suffering in sin and, and hopelessness, man, the people we could reach. See, that's what this church in Philadelphia was doing. And I believe we are doing great there. Don't, don't let me beat you up. I am so thankful for, for people willing to give and step out and, and to be discipled and, and to grow. And we are growing, praise the Lord. I'm not here to beat you up today, but we have to look at the reality of what God's Word says that we might compare it to where we are, each individual. One spark can start a fire, can it? One individual can start a spark in your family, in your neighbor's family. Revelation 3.8 I know your deeds. This is Jesus speaking to the church. He's speaking to you. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. God knows our deeds. No matter how much we fail and how much short we fall. But I tell you, He knows our deeds. But He goes on and say, Yet I open that door for you. No one can shut. A door that no one can shut. If Jesus Christ opens a door, there's no one can shut that door but Jesus Christ or our refusal to go. At least for us, that doesn't mean the door is not open to someone else willing to go. But do we want to be blessed and do the work of Jesus Christ and receive those blessings? It's our choice. The door is open. And He has opened many doors in our community and homes. Praise the Lord. Many have come in. Praise the Lord. We are discipling many. Praise the Lord. But we have disciples only the beginning. It's not the end, guys. This church done it continuously and consistently and constantly moving forward. Everything was about the mission field. We raised up that they could go out. Does that make sense? We raise up that others can do ministry outside the walls. It's not all about the pastor. Because we're all called to be ministers. Well, you may not be the pastor of the church, but you were to minister to your family. You are to minister to your children. You're ministry, a minister to those who are hurting around you. If you, have, you see a need around you and you can meet that need, step out in boldness. If God is calling you to do so, and He is. No one can shut it. says, I, know, I knew that you have little strength. Whoa. This is Jesus speaking. 
Speaking to the church that is doing a mighty work. He says, I knew that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word, and you have not, you have not denied my name. Why has God blessed this church? Why has God opened these doors? Because Jesus took notice and, and he actually had praise for them. He talked about little strength. They relied not on their own strength, but the, the power of Jesus Christ within them. We have to do the same because in our own strength, we can't do it. In our own knowledge, we fail short. We have so little knowledge, even the wisest among us. They relied on Jesus and they served faithfully. And, and they, they served to see his work move forward. His work move forward. His purpose moved forward. Jesus praised them who have kept my word. He had praise for them because you have kept my word. When Jesus says that, you have kept my word, that is praising them for keeping his word. Amen? He's saying you are faithful because you're faithful with little. I'm giving you much, much more. It starts with a little test and it comes with a little trial and a little test and a little trial. And how do you respond? Do you, you bicker and as you begin to grow, do you, do, you, do, you, do you allow things to come in that separate or do we continue to work through as God raises us up and to grow up and, and to work together for a greater purpose? Not my purpose, but God's purpose. I'm talking each individual. My agenda. Do you have an agenda today? Do you have ought against somebody today? That's an agenda. And that's a negative agenda. Because it doesn't grow together, it drives wedges apart. It separates, it isolates. It begins to build ourselves up because I am right, amen? <laughs> Everybody try to rally the troops? Oh, you know, you go over there. oh man. I used to be an expert at it. Now I work the other way, hopefully try to help us work through little things because little things become big if, you know, but hopefully we're fanning little fires into big fires for Jesus Christ. Not little fires of separation. He had praise for them because they had kept his word. They obeyed him with joy and enthusiasm. See, they didn't only obey him. They did it with joy and enthusiasm. They were a church that was looking out. How can we do more? Who can we reach? How can we help them to come to know Jesus Christ? And how can we help them come to follow Jesus Christ? And how can we help them to, to, to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ? That's a growth period. That, that takes time, personal time. Both on those who are willing to give of the time and, and get rid of their pride. I used to say swallow. We don't want to swallow nothing. Anything we swallow comes out somewhere. We don't want to swallow our pride. We want to get rid of it. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. It's like little idols. Get rid of them. He had praise for the believers that have not denied my name, he said. What does that mean? We give God glory for the things that happen. We give God glory in Jesus' name. We pray to Jesus. We openly speak to people about what God has brought us through and the power that sustains us and and the truth of the Word that's always the truth. Amen? When you speak these ways, you're going to find persecution. You're going to find people trying to pull people from one way or the other and try to drag them aside. That's the way it works. As God begins to move, there's going to be little things trying to pull a person here and pull a person there. Because it's the enemy working and it's the enemy's workers working. Amen? We have to be careful. 
And looking and judge, and not judge, but, but judge everything against the Word of God. He had praise for those who did not deny my name. They refused to, to, to compromise when they were under pressure. They refused to compromise when they were under pressure. They refused to compromise when things were going good. They refused to take any glory for themselves. They gave God the glory. And they continued to reach out for those who were unreached. And they began, and they continued to pray and believe and to speak those things that were not as if they were. And to believe that they will to come. Prophecy is about foretelling, isn't it? That which is not, that will be. Sometimes we pray with doubt. Jesus, if it be your will. They'd come to salvation. No, it is God's will that they come to salvation. Jesus, help me to understand how I can plant seeds that they might come to salvation. Because that, that prays positively. That prays with belief. And that prays to saying, I'm willing to go if you open the door. He said the door was open to those who wanted these things. And He blessed them with open doors. Revelation 3.10, Jesus praises believers who kept my covenant to ensure... Uh, to endure patiently. Let me read it again. And it's on part. If they got the scripture up there, you can read it in full. Jesus praised believers who, who kept my covenant to endure patiently. Guess what? Everything isn't always a bed of roses. Everything is not going the way we want them to go. Sickness comes in. Sorrow comes in. Resistance comes in. And, and who knows what all comes in besides that. He says, those who wait and are endure patiently will patiently endure during sorrowful times. When you are really pulled from the heart. See, sorrowful times pull from the heart and, and Christ is in our hearts. So man, we have to understand that even in sorrowful times, we must continue to be patient and believe in Jesus Christ. Especially when it has something to do with our children. It's even worse. If I endure it, well, it's bad enough. But if somebody who you can't help but to pray and to, to come alongside, it hurts, doesn't it? But in those times, we are to be patient. That doesn't mean to go idly sleep in bed all day. That means to pray. Pray If you need to stay in bed, stay in bed. But pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Not judging anybody. Everybody gets through things differently. In times of pain. Man, when you get old, you got pain. And sometimes when you're young, you're, you think you're going through severe pains and growth. And man, in seasons of growth, it can be painful because it's not my will, but Jesus. And my will is, man, I want it now. And man, it, it becomes available if you're willing to sacrifice how much to get it. A job that might take you off on Sunday. Are you willing to take it? Ready to say, my Sundays are mine. And God says to keep your Sabbath. There's no reason you can't come on Tuesday. <laughs> you know, sometimes we, ha we have to weigh the cost. But are you strong enough that Sunday and, and, and Tuesday, uh, that Tuesday will get you through when you need Tuesday and Sunday? That's between you and the Lord. When the trials come, man, disappointments. These are the times that believers, and they kept, they kept God's, not only His commands, but they endured patiently. Amen. They suffered patiently. They endured it. Christ speaks about, consider it pure joy when you suffer for my name's sake. 
Oh yeah, give me some persecution. Woo! <laughs> we don't feel that way, do we? When we're hurting, it hurts. But he says there's a time for everything underneath the sun. There is a time to mourn. There is a time to rejoice. There's a time for building up and tearing down. There's a time for all these things. And he says there is. So we need to understand that Jesus Christ takes us through seasons. But that means that he is with us in the season. Sometimes he comes to us to us in the middle of the storm. Sometimes he waits to the other side till we get there. And sometimes he just is in the boat with us and we don't even realize it. Revelation 3.11 I'm coming soon, he says. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. This is part of enduring. This is time of going through these hard times that we hang on to what we know to be true. And then we and the promises of God. Forty years they suffered, a generation died in the desert, but yet when they became a people who would line up and those who were willing to go and those who would believe and trust, he took them across the Jordan, didn't he? Guess what? It wasn't only the Red Sea that they went through in high tide and waters and guess what? They went through in flood. Nobody worried about somebody crossing the Jordan in the flood time. Oh, but they walked across the Jordan, didn't they? <coughs> Coming soon, he says, so hold on to what you have. This is Revelation. This is Jesus speaking to the church. This is Jesus speaking to you. Hold on to what you know to be true. Hold on to what I've already given you. Hold on to that and know in the hard times that I am still with you. Those things that I promised you, I'm still bringing to be yet to be true. Speak of that as if they were because they are in his time. Amen? In the face of... of, of, of it goes on, you know, in, in the face of, of, of those... Who would serve the purpose of Satan? Whoa. Let's read Revelation 3.9. I'm going backwards a bit. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Those who are working for Satan, those who are working against the purpose of Jesus Christ, he says if we are faithful and we are faithful and we patiently endure that he will have those who are serving the purposes of Satan come down and bow at your feet and admit to you that Jesus Christ had loved you and brought you through. Even they will see what God has done in you and for you. That's what the Word says. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Who's acknowledging that? Those who are following Satan's way. Those who are serving Satan will come and acknowledge that Jesus Christ was with you and loved you and has brought you through if we endure. How powerful is that? So what am I saying this morning? I'm saying that it's impossible to shut down the church that has its mind off of itself. It is impossible to shut down a church that has its mind and its purpose on Jesus Christ and His mission. It's impossible. The church will grow. The church will thrive. The church will raise up those who stand. Yes, you're going to lose some. Yes, you're going to have those who do well, some who struggle. But I tell you, the church that believes and follows this pattern will not fail. They will not fail. Because it's Christ's purpose and and those who are in Christ will succeed in Christ's purpose for His purpose. Amen? Does that make sense? It's impossible to shut down a church that Jesus Christ is driving forward. It's impossible to shut the people from crossing the Red Sea. He'll just part the sea. Amen? It's impossible to stop them from crossing the Jordan. He'll just open the waters. 
It's impossible to build straight big walls that, that nobody can, a fortress as Jericho, they'll just march around it and when they shout, the walls will fall down. It's impossible to fort what Jesus Christ has for us if we are patient and if we continue to follow Him and be an open-minded mission church. Because that's His purpose for us. It's impossible. A church that is a missional outwards church will thrive. It will thrive. Providing we can be a missional church, but be also at the same time have our little cliques that drive and split the church. <laughs> no one can close the door that Jesus has opened. No one can close the door that Jesus has opened. If He opens the door and He tells us the door is open, we need to go forward. Because He has prepared that which we go. And if He's speaking to us, the door is open, then He has prepared our hearts to go. But are we willing to go? It's always about our choice, isn't it? Sometimes we hold off and going so long that we've missed the opportunity. But the door is open. No one can prevent Jesus from building His church, guys. Nobody. If we do what He has called us to do. If we keep ourselves off of ourselves, our own individual purposes and our own agendas, and we keep it on Christ, and we are patient, and we continue to pray, we continue to, to be a missional church that we go out and we, and we strive to bring others in and for Christ's purpose, for salvation, then we will succeed as a church. Because He is building His church. Does that make sense? This is not our church, it's His church. This is His church. He calls us to be a part of the army that moves forward. Each one individual, each talent, each one where they're at. We don't have to be somebody else. We are who we are and who Christ calls us to be in His time. Don't allow somebody to tell you you have to do anything. I say come to Christ and, and you'll want to do what He tells you or asks you to do. When you see the power in His name, Amen. We can't drive people. We have to lead people and be examples to people and to reach out to people in a loving manner that will be received. Love covers a multitude of sin. But are we that kind of people? Oh, I'm better than they are. I mean, I've done the same thing, but I had a greater reason. That's our own personal issue, right? No one can withstand a congregation that lives to make Jesus known in their town. I believe that with all my heart. No one can withstand a congregation that is willing to make Jesus known. Because it's not for our purpose, it's for Jesus Christ. It's not about what look at I have done. It's not about the big huge church. It's about those who are willing to go out and be the representative of Jesus Christ and to walk and talk and do the things it takes that not just in voice saying, oh, come follow Jesus, but, but oh, follow me as I follow Jesus. Does that make sense? We can talk a good talk and hold everybody else to, to the high standard Why behind closed doors we're doing things that ought not to be done. And we know so. I tell you that Jesus has all authority. Jesus has all authority. He is the Son of God. He goes before us 
and He's with us. As we look at the church in Philadelphia, a church that He had high praise for because of, He said, I know your deeds. <laughs> that, was him, that was Him, I think, gently telling them, you're not perfect, but yet I know the good that you are doing. I know your hearts. God knows our hearts even though we may fail. God knows our purpose even though we may not reach our full potential. It's our goal to reach the lost. Those who have not yet known Christ. And to suffer and to endure. To believe for those things that are not, but yet speak them as if they were, and to believe and strive toward them, that God will bless this church. God will bless the families of this church. And God will move us forward as a family to do greater things. It's all up to us and our trust in Him. The victory is won, but are we willing to receive it and pay the cost that will stay on the path? It's a hard road. But Jesus went to the pavement, didn't he, for us? He went to the pavement where he was beat and drugged through the streets, where he bled. He bled in the garden. He bled at the post. He bled through the streets of the city. And he bled on the cross. See, he bled every place he went. To the final, where he says to the hands, commit my spirit. Are we willing to go through that kind of suffering? Because I tell you, if you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be persecuted. And we live in a blessed time when, when... For the most part, we're not going to be drugged through the streets for our proclamation of Jesus Christ, but those times will come if you read Revelation. (laughs) Time as we have never seen before. We don't have to look at that as fear. We look at that as confidence because I believe that He's coming back for His church. Amen? Amen? But we need to pray for those that will be in that time that they not have to go through that time that they would come to the saving grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because if any of it's true, it's all true. (laughs) If you believe one word of what that Bible says, then it's all true. I want to pray today. There may be some who God is speaking to and you're feeling convicted that perhaps you're not doing all that you can do. Perhaps He's speaking to some who Say, I need a closer walk with Jesus and I really don't know how to get there or I really don't know much about Jesus. And that's okay too. But that can change today with a, with a hand that I might pray for you. He says, I stand at the door and knock and, and if you open the door, I'll come in. He's knocking at the door of your heart and you need to, to realize that it's God knocking at the door of your heart. And, and we have to open the door. He's not the police. He's not coming in, kicking down the door. With handcuffs. No, he's going to walk through the door and he's going to take the handcuffs and that would bind you and he's going to set you free. He set me free. He set me free of 25 years of addiction. 
Then he chooses to use me <laughs> to tell you about what he done for me. And it still affects me today. I've never forgotten it. And those who have come to Christ will never forget it. I believe they'll remember it even if they go to hell because they've rejected everything he's ever done for them ever since. They're going to remember the time that Jesus cried out to them. That he called their name. That they rejected him. They refused to come forward and ask him into their heart. Because somebody might see them. We're not afraid to let somebody see us in the middle of the night doing things we ought not to do. But man, don't let me see you do anything in daylight. Jeez. Talks about coming from the darkness into the light. Today I'm going to challenge you. I want you just to let your heart speak for you today. God is speaking to you that you can do more. I want you to raise your hand. Don't look around. Just do it. Just raise your hand. I see a hand. I see another hand. Another. Another. Praise the Lord. My hand's up. We can do more. We can do greater things with greater faith. Maybe there's those who have need to ask Jesus into their life. That they would understand the power, understand the word. I want you to raise your hand as well. Is there anybody? Come on. Anybody? God's knocking at your heart. You need to raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the faithful.